This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Take a breath. <laughs> Take a sigh. FSU, 7-0. And Elko's boys, they made, you, they made you work for this one. This was a great win. Florida State goes to 7-0 for the first time since 2014. We are talking rarefied air. They beat Duke 38-20. to Not only do they win, they covered the spread, which would seem totally just crazy if you if you talk to anybody after the first quarter. But Florida State holds on. They cannot be killed. And they pour it on with a massive fourth quarter to just choke the life out of this game. Eminently impressive win. Team victory. A lot of things that we're going to talk about that need to get cleaned up. But, man, you got to give Duke their props, man. Great team. Fantastic defense. Absolutely fantastic defense. Well-coordinated. Great game plan. And they did a lot of things to you that Duke does to win these big games. And FSU responded way better than like a team like Clemson did. Adam, what do you think about the totality of the performance? Um, It was a Mike Norvell football team, right? I mean, we were just talking about it before we jumped in here. They want to be playing their best in the fourth quarter. They want to be playing their best in November. Like they just, they're going to keep chipping away at you. They're going to keep banging. I mean, they're just going to keep, putting their head on the football. They're going to keep doing what they need to do, and uh, they're going to find a way to win a football game. I mean, it's just kind of who they are. Like, I don't know. I I, I thought that one was going to be an L, and a lot they, of just did. Kept, they just kept kind of fighting, and then suddenly they decide to un- unleash Jordan as a runner, and the rest is kind of history. I mean, I, I don't – I'm not sure Duke was going to get a stop on them i mean duke and and you've heard atkins talk about it like you know they want to keep coming in waves at you and offensively and on the offensive line they do you saw a ton of different offensive line combinations i mean duke was gasser at the end they, they couldn't and they've only got so many bodies that they can kind of throw at you because their depth's not great like uh, it just then they i don't think they could have stopped florida state at all in that fourth quarter no matter what was going to happen and uh whether riley leonard kept playing or not um and I just kind of think that's what this team is. Like, it's not always going to be pretty. But come the fourth quarter, I think that they're going to be playing their best football and they're going to find a way to, to wear you out and get the victory. 
it almost reminds me of that broad assassin from Austin Powers 2. <laughs> the unkillable lady. Like, why won't you die? Florida State does not die. They are a pressure fighter. No, but thank you. I'm not on serious. Go fight. Um, anyway, they are a pressure fighter. They are the Max Holloway of college football. They will get in your face immediately, and they will test your depth, and they will hit you with attritive damage to body blows, and they will eventually take your soul in the fourth quarter. I want to. I want to talk about that because it's so. There's all of these weapons on this Mike Norvell team, the Jaheim Bells, Keon Coleman's, Jordan Travis, the running backs, the defensive mm-hmm. linemen. There's all of these like, singular weapons. This team's biggest weapon is its endurance. Yeah. Is its depth. Is its response to adversity. They will not die. You cannot put them away yet. Now, you played a little bit close to the margins in the first three quarters, and we'll talk about that. But we'll do that near the back end because I want to talk about the good. But this team's biggest weapon is its mentality, dude. The way that it comes at you. And the only thing that matters at the end of the day, like there's plenty of things that we can dissect that they need to clean up. But you got to you gotta analyze a football game in the totality of a game. And for a full 60 minutes, you beat Duke's ass by 18 points. At the end, you wore them down. You broke a great, well-coached, Really, really good unit in the trenches. And you smacked them around, dude, to the point where, like Adam said, if the fourth quarter was 10 minutes longer, Florida State would have scored 50. It's it's kind of wild. Like, I mean, we were not thrilled with what was going on as we were. No, for the first the three, our group chat was a it was it was in, a minfield, dude. It was at, at halftime, like at halftime, they still had Florida State like projected to win the football game. This is game on paper and you know, it's projections. It's again, game on paper, but there was only a small section of the game where it felt like the tide had turned in Duke's favor. And then, and I'm assuming that was when they were kind of down deep and then Leonard got hurt. And it's like, I mean, I don't know. I still think even if they get in there um, and I'm not guaranteed they were going to get in, but I still think you were. I don't think they could stop you. I just don't think that they, yes, I am. Thanks, Gator Kirk. I don't think that they could, I don't think they were going to stop you. I think Duke was absolutely gassed. They had given it it everything they had. Right. They had left it all out there on the field and it was just lights out at that point. And to be honest with you, Adam, everybody's going to talk about Riley Leonard's absence Mm -hmm. as like the big pivotal turning point. No. To me, it wasn't. The pivotal turning point is when on the offensive side of the ball, Alex Atkins and Mike Norvell decided to establish Jordan Travis as a pull threat. Well, And that changed everything. I also think it was the second half. As soon as I heard, as soon as I heard, uh, I think it was Holly Rowe talk about Mike decided they really wanted to, they really wanted to get the, um, they really wanted to get the North-South running game going and all of this, and he's coming out in these tight formations. And I thought to myself, are we going to do this shit again? Like, cause we know the outcome, we, man. We know the yeah, outcome over and over and over again. We've banged our head on that wall this year. And, and I know it's the, you know, in the fourth quarter paid off, but they did, they just finally, they were able to get ahead on first down. They were able to establish tempo. It was like, they stopped screwing around with that stuff. They decided that they were going to spread them out. They were going to get the football out on the edges they were going to get so uh, timing throws for for Jordan to receivers. 
they were going to get the RPO game going again and not just try to force feed the ball in the middle of the field. And then they got Jordan's legs going. And it was just like you played ahead the entire rest of the half after that. Yeah, easily. They they could not keep up with you, man. That's when you really started to establish that you were the better team. Yeah. So let's talk about the good first. We can talk about the bad at the back end. The good. You outscored Duke 21 to zero in the fourth quarter. It was looking hairy there, honestly, at the end of the third, because it was a nobody scored in the third quarter, mm-hmm. right? Which right. is surprising, especially for a Mike Norvell team, the way that they come out at a halftime. But you honestly, the fourth quarter was yours. That's what won you the game unequivocally. Talk about that fourth quarter. Was it a function of depth? What really stood out to you about that About that 25% of the game that, that won FSU this victory? Yeah, I think it was a function of depth. I mean, as I said, I mean, Duke had man, five guys, six guys play on the defensive line. I'll have to go back and look at it when we watch the tape, but five or six guys play along the defensive line at like high levels. Florida State had seven, I think seven guys play on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, you saw them take over in the second half or in the fourth quarter. And it was for good reason. Like they, well, first off, they got Jordan Travis running the football. What well, he decided to run the football a little bit, which was nice. But I mean, they just were able to start getting running lanes. You got Casey Roddick out of there. I don't want to say I've been banging that drum for a couple weeks now, but your interior had a rough game. Duke, yeah. and we'll talk about this at the back end. Duke outplayed you on the line of scrimmage both sides for three quarters, and it, I thought they outplayed them handily. Yeah, I mean, and it, it felt like I think the Leonard injury definitely took some gas out of Duke. I don't think you can deny that. Like it felt like it felt like the wind came out of their sails a little bit, but especially after you get the fourth down stop, then you get the freaking punter booms the hell out of that ball. But you get, the fourth, down stop, you get the fourth down stop and you drive it whatever 94 yards or whatever that drive ended up being, and you go and score. And then um, then you get another stop. That kid booms the hell out of the punt. You go score again. Like it just – it all kind of felt like it came crumbling down around them um, there in the fourth quarter. And I think a lot of that had to do with – again you just keep chipping away like they're they're going to throw their haymakers in the fourth quarter they're they're going to be they're going to be good with kind of hanging around keeping themselves in the game they're going to fight they're going to fight and and then the fourth quarter they're just going to throw it all out there they're kind of rocky balboa a little philadelphia reference they are like jake little jake lamada action dude absorb (laughs) absorb absorb you cannot be killed with mortal weapons you shall die eventually so that's that's the first main thing i want to talk about the second positive that i want to talk about is a guy that has had a lot of scrutiny on him a lot of it justified and a lot of it is honestly attributed to the level of play he can get to and that's jordan travis man yeah what i i thought it was unequivocally his best game it did not start off his best, but I thought that this was his best game tonight. He was tested by a great defense. They came out yeah. with a great defensive game plan. I thought they were, I thought Duke, you got to give Elko a hat tip, dude. He came at it. Oh, he's a stud. It's like the anti Babers. He came at right. it to win and he put his team in a position to win. They just didn't get it done in the end. But Jordan Travis, 27 to 36, 268 through the air. Two touchdowns to one pick, which was like, ah, Maron, what are we doing here? But the thing that was interesting to me, 10 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown, long of 20. He was your leading rusher tonight. It made everything. All the things that we've been, like, racking our brains on, right? Like, Mm -hmm. why doesn't this team 
look like last year at the back end with all of this, like this talent? Why is it so start and stuttery? Why is it sputtering? When you establish Jordan as a pull threat, it makes everything easier. Yeah. It establishes those running lanes for Rodney Hill, Keziah Holmes, Lawrence Toafili. It establishes the screen game. It establishes everything. So my wish is that I hope the offense takes the fourth quarter of Duke like we thought the defense took the second half of Clemson. Not only is this something that worked in game, I think this is something that you can carry forward. Now, you don't need to run Jordan Travis into the ground. He is a talented passer surrounded by preternatural receivers, just Mm -hmm. extreme talent on the outside. But establish him as a pull threat because it makes all of those talented guys around him, it makes their lives easier. I hope you continue to do that. But, dude, massive kudos to Jordan Travis. Kept his team in the game and led them down to a victory. Like he said in the post-game interview, chip, chip, chipping away until the fourth quarter. Just FSU was the better team, and you can depth, responsiveness, and everything plays into it, man. But led led by led by a great leader in Jordan Travis, and dude, he deserves a lot of credit after this game. What, what did you think about his performance? Yeah, I mean, it might have been a Heisman moment for him, and I know that absolutely, that, that, yeah, absolutely. That, sounds, that might sound silly because he hasn't had the the season that everybody has kind of thought that he was going to have. But we've got plenty of football left to play here down the stretch and some big games that are going to be at nighttime, um, you know, Miami, Florida, those, those are going to be big games, heavily televised games where voters are going to be watching. So if he continues along this trend, um, you never know what kind of conversation he can get himself into there. But uh, Lawrence, that's a game on paper, uh, .com. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I thought it was his best game overall. He was in control really kind of throughout the football game. I think sometimes play calling gets them bogged down a little bit and in the, in the inability to get the run and get their tempo, yeah. get their, get into their tempo and kind of get moving. But as he got into that, you just saw how comfortable he was. I mean, he was in just in complete control. I would love to know, was it a game plan? I'm sure it wasn't a game plan thing. I would love to know why fourth quarter it's like suddenly here comes the, here comes him with a run. Game. It is dude. The was switch it desperation? flips, was right? It, was, I, it, was it him? Was it Mike? What, what I would love to know what the answer is there. I know the game plan going into the game was to do a lot of RPO stuff. We saw that. He was in complete control of that. He was making great decisions. I, I really didn't think that he made a ton of bad decisions overall in the game. I think a lot of people were frustrated with the deep throw to Keon, but Keon's going to walk in for a touchdown if he doesn't get held there. Like I mean, He had a couple misfires. I will say he, in the first did, yeah. half, he had a couple yeah. misfires. Yeah. He had a couple balls that got a little high on him, but uh, I mean, overall, I thought he played really well. I thought he played his best game. And All right. Sorry. Sorry, people. But anyway, like we said, yeah. he distinguished himself. He was the engine yeah. against against Duke's best, against some of college football's best, man. Extremely impressive defensive performance. On the other side of the ball, is there anything on the defensive side that you want to talk about? I thought Shaheem Brown, he's continuing to stack these really good performances together. Anybody on the defensive side that you want to distinguish before maybe we get into, I don't want to talk about the negatives, but maybe the things that we need to clean up or, or, or if there's something else that you want to mention, uh, Jaheim bell, great performance from yeah. him. He yep. had eight catches tonight, eight for 53. Yeah. Along he, was the a big, 15, he was a big focus for him. Not, not an explosive piece, but 
this is what we were talking about before. Florida State needs to get the success rate up. Mm-hmm. They need to have an intermediate option. Jaheim Bell was that. Great yeah, performance I mean, from him. Very sure-handed. And he converted a lot of very uh, high-leverage situations for the Knowles. That success rate, right? Red zone success rate, 70%. Third down, 62%. Success rate overall, 59%. Like, I mean, that's... That's huge, man. Yeah, that's what we were. That's what we were crying to see improvement in. Right, and that's what helped win you the game because Duke made you string some long drives together. Absolutely, twelve play, fourteen play drives. Like these are not things that a Mike Norrell offense is synonymous with, and those are things that Duke forced you to do. That like ninety-five yard, ninety-six yard, whatever drive. Mm-hmm. That's a season-saving. Like that is a signature look at, drive. Look at your that average starting field position. Your, your own six. That's crazy. That's crazy. And you won this game by 18 points, man. Like against a really, really, really good defense. Just yeah. So many positives. All right. So let's talk about the defense because I think it's okay. I think there's a lot of interesting conversation to be had there. You were pretty fired up at Adam Fuller in the first half, and I'm sure everybody else was. were you? I don't know. No, I wasn't. No, okay, I really well, let wasn't. Let me let me really let wasn't. me do. Okay, I'm going to do the irrational thing, and I'll let you refute my points. All right, go ahead. You're coming in. You're coming in against Duke. Yeah. This is not healthy, Duke. Riley Leonard is banged up. You ended right. up knocking him out of the game. Oh, no. You knew that you had to stop the run. That was the thing you had to do immediately. You had to stop right. the run, and if you did that. The game was basically yours. So you had one thing to do. You knew mm-hmm. that Duke had to establish the run because that's all they had. Right. And for three quarters, you're like the, the kids were averaging like 10 yards per carry outside of the tackles. They were yard averaging like five or six yards per carry inside. You got owned. You got absolutely owned. And I know we were playing a lot of two. We were playing a lot of two back that I remember seeing. We're going to go over the film. I could be wrong. We're playing a lot of two back. You're playing a lot of light box stuff. You did not set the edge. Your defensive ends played like garbage for a large part of this game, setting the edge, took poor angles from the cornerbacks. I thought that the defensive game plan against a team that was one dimensional by their own personnel constraints Mm -hmm. was laughable. Now I know that there's execution involved, but dude, you got to step in quicker and clean it up. You have to suck the light. You gave Duke too many opportunities to make this a competitive matchup. You could have killed them immediately because you knew what they had to do. Everybody in the stadium knew what they had to do. And they were still able to drive it on you consistently. So to me, that was infuriating. It got cleaned up, and that's good that it did. And you only ended up giving 13 points against their offense, which is kind of what I expected in my prediction. Mm-hmm. It just the way that it looked, man, really pissed me off for a long time just because you knew what they had to do going in. I just I don't know. Talk me off the ledge. Why? Like normally, I'm very nuanced. I'm very precise. I try to keep it very even keel. Shit. Normally, you and Kev are the ones that are mad in the group chat. I'm like, hey, take it easy, <laughs> tranquilo. Like it's all good. I was incensed, man, just at the way that Duke was getting yards on you. Miami's well, getting to beat Clemson. Well, whatever. We beat Clemson too, and we'll beat Miami anyway. What do you think? Why am I wrong? 
Yeah, for I don't know if Kev is trying to get in here. I don't know if he wants me to add him. I'm not sure what he's doing. Okay. All right. Yeah, so on. yeah, I, I, I hey, think I, I think first, I think first the 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 too high stuff is getting over discussed because they are rolling safeties down quite a bit. They're rolling them late. Um, yeah. I, I think I think it's really getting overstated. Everybody's talking about it. too high, too high, too high. And a lot <laughs> of that started because of Kev. Uh, he's yeah. highlighted how much too high coverage we play. And it's true, but that's pre-snap. Post-snap, they are ro- they are rotating quite a bit. Um, Looks like they're rotating a little late. Well, but rotation is rotation. That guy's still in the box. He's still involved in the run game. Like the problem is sometimes it's Kevin Knowles, and yeah, that, <laughs> that's that's an issue for you. Um, but anyway, so they are ro- rotating, and like that one third down play, I remember we we, we were talking about it. Um, they had they had the big chunk run on third down, like you rotated into the box. The safety was there. He was a, like at six yards, and you get uh, a, the backer to loach, and you get the safety chasing the arrow route. Like that's a miscommunication. Those shouldn't be happening. That's on Adam Fuller and, and the secondary. Um, I, I mean, I just thought there's no magic answer if you're getting beat up front, and they were getting beat up front. Like at some point, as a defensive coordinator, like. Yeah, you could say, all right, the answer is to blitz more. Like you blitz, okay. You start blitzing against that stuff, you're and and you and you miss, then they're going for sixty. And I don't think that that's the right answer with what you expect your offense is going to become. That's um, they fair. blitzed a fair amount off the edge. They, I mean, they did. They did. There was a couple of plays. There was one play in the red zone where he didn't make the tackle. Right, it was a perfectly called blitz. He didn't know whether to take the quarterback or the running back, and he took nobody. Um, and there were a couple of plays where they were able to bounce outside. Um, what what right. was their success rate? Dukes, 40%. Yeah, I mean, that's high. Um, Florida State's was 59. Right. So, I mean, you uh, that tells you that you kind of controlled the line of scrimmage, even though it, it didn't look like you controlled the line of scrimmage. Because you're right. I mean, that, it looked like, like the inside of that. the offensive line got – or the defensive line, the interior of the defensive line seemed like they were getting pushed off the ball consistently. Yeah. They were for the first three yeah, quarters. Now, those are four-quarter stats, problem, but, I mean, you is... watch the game, too. We got smoked for the first three quarters up front. Now, that's a personnel thing, but the technique with which the defensive ends were playing, I didn't know. I, I, I It just confused me why we were leaving the edge so open for business so immediately i think i think some of the stuff was they were spilling and yeah, they some, always of, some of the run some of the runs were getting spilled and then they were spilling to central cypress who was out to lunch on a couple of his angles which is which was yeah. very frustrating that one the first the first big touchdown run his angle's horrible um he's got to come in and set an edge there and he just doesn't do it i mean it's it's criminal um, but you also so, I, I i thought a couple times they that the ends jumped inside when they got to stay outside um then there's a couple times. I mean, look, I like I don't want you, you don't want to turn this into well the official like, but there's one that bounces Tatum Bethune's Tatum Bethune's the edge setter and he just gets grabbed. Like, the hell do you do about that? You, listen, I think that that's a good that's a good caveat in this discussion. Some of the most egregious holding I've seen, and credit to Duke, man, try it out and see if the officials call yeah. it. Yeah. They only did a couple of times. And it raised your success rate past a level that it should have been with the personnel that you had. So credit to them for doing it. I just, 
I don't know, Kev. What did you What did you think? Am I being too hyperbolic on the coordination of the defense tonight for the first three quarters? It's just coming in. Duke was one dimensional from the outset. They had no deep threat whatsoever. Even with Riley Leonard, he could not complete a pass fifteen yards down the field to save his life. He didn't have the he didn't have the legs underneath him. Why the hell were they so successful? I mean, so you gave them two short fields because you got you missed two fourth downs. Um, and then there was that one. The first touchdown was there was a, there there looked to be a hold on the outside, and then that's what got Fentrell Cypress one on one. He made a bad play. You need one of those two things to happen, and you're not talking about a forty yard touchdown. Um, I mean, I, I'm with you, but I I don't know if. I'm with you that Duke was entirely too successful running the ball when that's all they had. Yeah. But I don't, I don't really know like outside of just, you know, going zero coverage and saying like, we're going to just put nine in the box. I, I don't really understand. Like, I don't understand why you're, why your defensive linemen were getting whipped against Duke. Like, that's I don't, what I'm I don't either. And we'll, we'll, we'll check that out when we do the film review. Because I want to know if it's a function of when the new quarterback came in. I thought that the, I, I think it was a function, like Adam talked earlier, of the depth and just like continuing to come at them in waves. I want to see what exactly led to the defensive. We know what led to the offensive success in the fourth quarter, but what led to the defensive success? Did they do something different? Did they just play better? Was Duke's offensive line gassed? I don't know. We'll, we'll take a look. What, what do you I mean? Think? I think some of it. You don't tackle the ball very well, which is frustrating. That's um, a great point. We're a and, and linebackers and secondary. We we yeah. absorb a lot of I, contact. Man. Yeah, I don't I don't think Kalen doesn't tackle the ball very well. Knowles doesn't tackle the ball very well. Like they they if they were better there, I think we're not really having this conversation. Um, but anyway, I mean we are there. So I don't think you tackle the ball very well, which is allowing Duke to get into those middle or those 50-50 situations. Like Duke felt like they played at second and six, second and five, second and four quite a bit tonight. Yeah. And that puts them in a position like, yes, it's easy for us to sit here on our couches or in the press box or in the stands and say, well, Riley Leonard's not a threat. But you have to treat him like one because he can throw the football. Like, And they did show you a couple of times that they could get behind you. He got the ball um, out quick. I will say that for yeah. Riley Leonard tonight. He understood his own limitations. And that offense looked way smoother with him and just like firing the ball yeah. off quick. So I, I think that it's 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 a little bit unfair to say, well, he's not a threat. Just stop the run. Like, no, you you do have to be cognizant of him because he can throw the football. And I don't know if it's unfair to say. I mean, like I, I'm with you. Like he he's got that ability, but. I don't know, dude. It, they were way too successful for the first three quarters, dude. Like averaging ten yards per carry outside the tackles. I think the I, I think the the success was. I think when we're going to go back and look at it, the success came on a couple plays, and that's what's going to aggravate the hell out of us. Okay, because those, yeah. those couple play, those couple plays are going to stand out. Like they only ended up rushing for one hundred ninety seven. Is that what I had it at? Uh, one hundred ninety seven, yeah. which like that's entirely too much for sure. They ran it 35 times at 5.6 yards per carry. Like their their EPA per play is only 0.13. So I, I mean, it's not that's not astronomical. 
No, and a lot of it was like you, Kev said, situational, right? The pick and, six, that's seven points. Missed fourth down conversion, some short field stuff. We, I'm not going to say we played into Duke's game. We kind of did with our first half play. We played pretty yeah. stupid for for a decent amount of this game, and that's how Duke gets their wins, man. Right. Like they yep. take advantage of every opportunity yeah. that's given to them. So that that's a good point. I mean, but the field the, position thing is a is a good point. And the philosophy is like, all right, you want to run the football, like okay, you keep keep running the football, like you, you can keep doing that. Eventually, you're going to get a hold. We're going to get a stop, like. And it, I think over the course of a game, over 60 minutes, that plays out, and it played out tonight. Like It did play you, out tonight. That's a good point, too. And you found yourself in a situation in the, in the end of the game where you were the fresher team, you were the better team, and you were able to go out there and just kind of take it from them. And you were able to wear them out, and, and I think that that's what they want to be. Like They're, they're okay with it. Um, I mean, obviously, they want to get stops. They want to get better. They want to fit the ball better than they did tonight. They didn't fit the ball well tonight at all and that's something they've got to get cleaned up i don't know why that that happened they've been doing that much better um the last yeah. couple of weeks i don't know the answer to that without watching the tape and we'll get back and see what the hell was really going on you know was there some eye candy was it just stress you know stressful a lot of motion game? from dude yeah, yeah there's yeah, a lot of like pre-snap motion and things like that maybe to make us to kind of declare what we were doing a lot of familiarity on that duke coaching staff with ours kevin right. johns Mike, uh, Mike Elko, Mike Elko being like the Adam Fuller tree and all that stuff. Like there was a lot of familiarity with the stuff we like to do. What are you mumbling about? Hog meat, man. What in the world? What did they lose? Yeah. They lost in in double overtime. Good dude. They lost to us. Miami's going to lose to us. Everybody's going to lose to us. Not a problem. (laughs) See you later. Dabs. I don't, I don't care. Um, what do we think? Do we feel I think that's a great I think that's a great point, dude. This is a 60-minute game. This team is built to win a 60-minute game. It does not look on your like on your cardiac health. It it doesn't go the way you would like it to go a lot of the time. But god dang is it effective, man. Eight they covered. They beat Duke by 18. Like it was right. and, and if wild. the game would have and if the game would have been five quarters, they would have beat them by 45. Like it's right. I mean they're you, built to win for the long haul. Follow Georgia the, over the past couple of years. I mean, how many games were they just beating teams 50 to nothing? More often than not, it's, you know, you're duking them out. You just out talent, out depth over the course of a game. I think this is kind of what modern modern wins over ranked opponents look like for, for elite teams. I, I, I'm not convinced that. I'm not convinced that you have the starting lines to really just push good teams around. Not from the outset, yeah. I think you have the depth and the talent on the lines and in the in the skill positions to just wear teams out. I think that's well said. This might like you said, dude, this just might be the new meta. Like of <laughs> of obtaining a top twenty a top twenty win, dude. Duke is the what the number sixteenth team in the country. Yeah. yeah. Like their only loss was a squeaker against Notre Dame at Notre Dame, right? Like that's a real good football team, dude. And you just kicked their ass worse than anybody has the entire season. The way you did it may have given some people some heartburn, but my God, it's effective. So this is I mean Mike, go ahead. I think I think this Duke team is built like we were built last year. They're just built to not lose. They're built to 
hang in there. They're going to be tough. They're going to rotate a lot of people in. They're going to just try to be a physical football team. And I, I don't know. I, I think at the end of the day, you're frustrated because you you should have been able to get a few scores in that first half and get a little bit of a lead, but you didn't, and, but you responded. Yep, absolutely. And I think that's a great point. You're frustrated because of what you wanted it to look like, but the way that it looked like at the end, man, a viable strategy is a viable strategy, and it was a great game. And you saw there were teams that are looked at at the same tier of Florida State like in Oklahoma that had a way tougher time against a way less of opponent like a UCF. It's, 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 this is a great win, man. Celebrate it. Celebrate it in the way you got it done. Effective. Yeah. What do we think, guys? Do we feel better about or worse about this team? I, I feel much better. This was a stern test, and it was a test that stayed in your face for almost the entire game. You outlasted it, and you found a way around it. Credit to the coaching staff. Credit to the players. Credit to the fans, dude. Credit to the environment because yeah, awesome insane. stuff. Awesome stuff. And you won. Fantastic Fantastic test, and you passed it with flying colors. Adam, well, you feel the Kev, same way? Kev left. Yeah, yeah, Hi, I do. Um, uh, <laughs> maybe he'll come back and be able to get his thoughts in. Yeah, I, um, I just this team is what it is. Like, it's going to aggravate the hell out of you at times, but in the end, like they're going to find a, they're going to find a way. They, they're going to they're going to find a way to wear you down and and go get the victory uh, when it when it matters the most. And that's all that matters is that that scoreboard at the at the very end. Um, you know, we haven't even talked about the kick return for a touchdown. Like, that was insane. Man, that, that was a was, massive point of the football game. That that one, that in the 95 or 96-yard drive, yeah. Yeah. man, the immediate response by Deuce Span, and I don't know if I should say Spawn because every single announcer has called oh, him Spawn. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not yet. What, dude? And that they had that they had Mike Norvell biked up about could like putting the ball in the left hand and using the mm-hmm. stiff arm of the right and hitting the crease. Yep. That attention to detail and coaching, man. We have ourselves a great one in Mike Norvell and all those guys. Credit to Tajiki John. Fantastic <laughs> special teams coaching. Man, do sit that crease. And this is a guy that he's got speed. Doesn't he doesn't get a lot of opportunities on right. offense. And it's not particularly his fault, just with the embarrassment of riches that we have. Right. But he is a dude that is bought into this team. And when the mm-hmm. ball is in his hands for the limited times that it is, he makes plays. He makes the most of it, man. And he's yep. he deserves all the credit. Fantastic play. Got the crowd back into it. The environment kept them bought in where we very could have, like, you know that that was Mike Elko's like wet dream, right? Yeah. Being yeah. up by 10, the pick mm-hmm. six. The crowd of like 80,000 people was kind of like out of it a little bit. And Deuce pulled him right back in. Pulled him right back in. Great, great, great winning football play from a winning football team. Absolutely, Adam. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, so I mean, in the end, though, this team is what it is. It's going to fight you for four quarters. Sometimes they're going to fight themselves for four quarters. But (laughs) their depth's going to find a way to kind of take over in the long run, it feels like. And and they're going to wear you down and they're going to beat you when it matters the most. And that's at the very end of the football game. Um, I, I'm, I wonder if they continue to learn lessons about themselves, you know, getting Jordan more involved. It's, this was a big game. They got him involved. He was involved early and he was way more involved late. Um, and we'll, we'll see how that trend continues. 
you need to get Johnny back, but you know, hopefully you got a couple weeks you can get him healthy. It looked like they said he banged his head. They, they said it was a head injury. I thought it was a knee, dude. Like it he played like it, his they classified knee. It, they classified it as a head injury from the sideline. So uh, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll see what that ends up being. I don't know. I'm, you know, probably not going to see him for a little bit and, you know, get him healthy, but need to continue to find a ways to get Keon Coleman, the ball, get Jaheim Bell, the ball, get some of those other running backs, the ball. I love Trey Benson, but some of those other guys just look more comfortable running up in there. And a lot of it is they're just able to make that start stop move in the hole on some of these inside zone runs that, that, that end up getting you those four or five yards. So that, and that, that plays a big role. So not not burying Trey. Want to continue to see Trey, but let's mix those other guys in there. A no, little he bit had too. he had a couple nice runs too. But I'm with yeah. you. Sometimes taking the four, taking the profit in the running game, like people have been pressing Jordan Travis for in the passing game, yep. it's extremely effective. You got to win first down. Anyways, you got to win first down. You got to win the game, That's just right. like we won the game. Florida State seven and oh, a top twenty victory over Duke at home. They did what they needed to do. Nine Schwefillion recruits in the stands. It was nice. We've got some crystal balls. We've got some recruiting information. Obviously, the way that you need to go with all of this stuff going down, that would be Knowles247.com. If you are not a subscriber, I think less of you, and you should think less of yourself. So fix it so I can have a great opinion of you again. Subscribe to Knowles247.com. Subscribe to our YouTube page, Knowles247. YouTube subscription notifications on. X's and Knowles for the film review that we will do for this. Subscriptions, notifications on. Boop, boop, boop. And stay with us. We love you, Florida State. 7-0. and Yeah. Seven and out. Seven wins. Be on the the lookout for uh, the battles. Then I think they're going to be sending out a little uh, some stuff on on uh, social media. Seventy dollars for seven and them. Yeah, man, help them out. Help them out. Yeah, I can't can't say it enough. You want to continue to see this kind of football? Get 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 signed up. Get yourself a little membership with the battles. Then and let's keep this train rolling. Only way you out depth people is with players. Sign up to the battles. Then you guys had a little couple of. Couple of couple of cups of the old brown stuff tonight. Uh, send your money. Don't worry about it. You can explain it to your wife later. We <laughs> love you. Thank you for being with us. Florida State seven and zero. Just phenomenal start. Like I said, first time since twenty fourteen. Soak it in, bask in it. Have a couple more cups of the brown. We love you. Keep chopping. Keep chopping. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.